miss you. Oh, man. <laughs> I was holding that in for a while. Oh, no. That's the worst. I well, hate. because I, I assumed it would make terrible audio. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming, teen cinema, and rom-coms. I am your co-host, library manager, and YA lit and uh, purveyor of YA literature, uh, Martha Sullivan, and I am here, as always, with my co-host. I'm Marin Hangman, uh, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And we are here today to talk about the was made in 2012, could have been made in 1999, Disney Channel original movie, Radio Rebel. Martha, why did you say that when I just took a sip? Uh, because my timing is incredible. Uh, this movie is based on the novel Shrinking Violet by Danielle Joseph. It was adapted for the, for the TV by Eric Patterson and Jessica Scott and directed by Peter Howitt. It stars... Debbie Ryan as Tara... Serena Palmer as Audrey, Adam DeMarco as Gavin, Atticus Mitchell as Gabe, Merritt Patterson as Stacy, Allie Bertram as Kim, Ian Belcher as Barry, Rowan Kahn as Larry, Nancy Robertson as Principal Moreno, Martin Cummins as Rob, April Tellick as Delilah, Mercedes De La Zerda as Cami Q, uh, Brenda Creeklo as Mrs. Brower, Keith McKenney as Janitor Margowski, uh, I, apart from Tara and the principal, could not tell you who any of these people were in the movie. Uh, but Marin, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick <laughs> synopsis of what Radio Rebel is all about? Sure. Um, so Tara is a very shy girl who has secretly started a very popular podcast called Radio Rebel. Um, so she frequently hears other students at her school discussing her podcast, them not knowing it's her, including her uh, closest friends. Um, she um, gets assigned in a drama class group uh, to a group with her crush, Gavin, um, and the kind of Regina George-esque uh, Stacy. Um uh, her stepdad then suggests, like, discovering um, that uh, he, or sorry, bleh, Tara's stepdad discovers that she is Radio Rebel while he's trying to bomb with her and accidentally walks, or she is forced to reveal that she is Radio Rebel to him because um, he walks in on her needing to record. Um, and he happens to run a radio station, um, and so he asks her to move her show over to the station. The show just gets bigger. Um, Tara starts to use her platform um, to both promote her crush's music <laughs> um, and also, you know, to inspire her classmates um, and to, you know, help them appreciate each other and each other's differences um 
Eventually, she reveals to her best friend, um, who helps her keep um, her identity. Um, some shenanigans ensue uh, where everyone, she has everyone do a dance break in school. The principal gets real mad and cancels prom. So she and the radio station decide to host their own morp. Um, there's a whole lot to do also with prom, morp queen, she and, she and the Regina George S. parody character Stacy, or she shouldn't say parody, she should say derivative character Stacy, um, gets, uh, or her as Radio Rebel and Stacy are kind of neck and neck in competition, um, Radio Rebel wins the Morp Queen title. Tara is forced to reveal herself, or chooses to reveal herself, I guess. Um, and, um, oh boy, there's so, so much happens. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I've lost the thread. Her, uh, principal gets mad, but her mom supports a, her. They have an I'm Spartacus type they, sequence. Oh, the I'm Spartacus. Yep, there's an I'm Spartacus thing at the end. So the principal can't expel her. Uh, the the boy she has a crush on is like, oh, yay. Not only have I had a crush on you already, but whoa, you also promoted my music. That was very nice of you. Then they make out. Yeah. There's a lot going on. They don't, though. Doesn't he just, like, kiss her on the cheek? Because it's a Disney Channel original oh, movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It might just be a cheek kiss. Um, but, yes. So, how far into this movie were you when you realized that it was a Disney Channel original movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually knew before we watched I think it maybe indicated somewhere. Because you know how Netflix has... Like, different images for everyone. I feel like my image that I got, like, did somehow convey. But I also recognized it fairly quickly because I was of the generation where um, I was obviously too old to watch um, Jesse. But my students were super into Jesse, which was a Disney Channel show also starring Debbie Ryan. So I pretty quickly was like, wait, that actress. Oh, that's Jesse. Oh, Disney. Okay. Yeah, I was maybe halfway through and I was like, oh, this feels, this feels like a, this feels like an episode of Lizzie McGuire. Yes. <laughs> Frankly. So I did not know that it was a Disney Channel original movie until I looked it up and it was like, oh, okay, that that's why it feels that way. Um, but yes, as I said up top, this was a movie that was made in 2012 that I absolutely could have watched as a teen and preteen in the 90s. Um, and it would have felt really appropriate. Oh, yeah. Um, I was a... I was a huge Disney Channel, um, Disney Channel baby. Uh, my sister and I watched many of the original movies. Um, we went to see the Lizzie McGuire movie in the theater. It, you know, <laughs> this is what dreams are made of. Yes. <laughs> I need you to know that I just had to physically 
prevent myself from breaking into song <laughs> for that one. Oh my god, fantastic. Um, but yes, mostly it was um it felt very like the whole feeling of it from the fashion to the music uh to all of it felt extremely 90s. See, and that's funny you say that because I like almost felt like oh, swap out like her I don't know. I almost felt like the fact that it was a podcast, like swap out a radio station for like a branch of Spotify. And it felt actually pretty like current to me. See, I even like the fashion is full of like flannel and I don't know. I Oh yeah. The flash, the fashion was definitely giving me flashbacks. Um, because that would have been, like, just out of college era for me. And quite frankly, I kind of miss some of those fashions. Unlike the, the like, actual aughts where I cringe a little bit. I was like, oh, these were actually some cute clothes. Uh, but also, so what did we feel about the music in this? Because music does play a very big part. It does. And that, yeah, that I totally was getting some, you know, like, um, oh my god. I'm having a total brain fart. Um, yeah, like very 90s alt-rock type vibes. Mm-hmm. But also like Disney Channel versions of that. Like it was still... Yeah. It's I, not actually alt-rock. I know. Like, and I love It's the- like the now kids edition of alt-rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, or the... Oh my gosh. Why am I forgetting those kids bop? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I loved that they had a moment where, so the band her crush is in, there's some tension between her crush and the other dude whose name also apparently starts with G because they are called the G's, which, ooh, that's rough. Um, <laughs> and they're t- they have tension about how, like, the song is kind of about having a good time, which I feel like was definitely a theme of that era of music. As Please see all of Pitbull's discography. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, as someone who spent a lot of time in dance clubs between, oh, let's call it the years of 2008 to 2012, like... That was definitely a theme in that era of music. <laughs> um, and But yeah, they have an argument over like her crush feels that it's like too superficial to be talking about have, partying and having a good time in their song. They have to like have a message. Well, because now they have an audience. Yeah. So now they have people who are listening to them and he's very much in the camp of if people are listening to us, shouldn't we have something to say? Which I don't disagree with. True. True. Um, but yes, this this movie is very much about... Um, it's a... I mean, it's, it is a, like, be-who-you-are kind of identity movie. Um, and also, like being empowered to say what you want to say. 
say what you want to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let the words come out. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, what year did that song come out? But uh, so did you have as much trouble as I did with the idea of children in 2012 listening to the radio? Oh, huh? Um, I think that, well, so for me, it made more sense that she like started as a pop or sorry, as a podcast and they like followed her over. But it was odd to me that they would think children in the 2000, like children in 2012 would want a DJ. Like it would have made more sense to me if she had run like, like an advice show, you know, Mm hmm. But her just, like, explicitly being a music DJ was a little odd. Like, it, it it would make total sense to me if it's, like, oh, you run a really popular podcast where, like, other teens can call in and ask for advice. And that, like, a, net- a radio network would want to pick that up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it made less sense to me that she was, like, a DJ. I mean, I... I was into it. I'm I'm always into lady DJs. It just felt weird. It didn't it did not feel like it was an action that matched up with the demographic. That it like that was another thing that made it feel very 90s to me. Yeah. Yeah, that everyone's like tuning into one radio station. Yes. Well, and that like her her stepdad who runs a big radio would bring in this high schooler who is speaking very directly just to the students at her school. <laughs> yeah, and they did make some like gestures towards like her show reaching other schools in that like every Seattle teen apparently was getting in on it. But yeah, it's, like, hard to imagine that wide an audience with her show being that specific. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, it would have made more sense to me if her, like, if her podcast was not, like, music-based. Because I think there yeah. have been cultural moments. Like, like what, Serial was like two years... Serial was what, 2014? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the podcast Serial. Oh, sorry, you said Serial and I thought The Breakfast Food. Oh, understandably. I did listen to Serial. Yeah. The first, the first season. <laughs> I mean, and I think so, so did most people. Okay, yeah, I was right, 2014. So, like, a podcast being... A, a conversation topic in 2012 is like completely believable. I just don't know that the content of this podcast it felt true to how teens would relate. Yeah. Because I mean, hell, I didn't even listen to like my college radio station. No, I I didn't have it when I was in college. I didn't have anything I could listen to the radio on. Right. Like I guess, Frankly. <laughs> I guess they streamed it. Like maybe like one time, my friend was hosting a show, and I like listened to a stream. Okay, but yeah, like yeah, who listens? People listen to podcasts. 
They don't listen to the radio. Well, they listen to them now. I I don't know what I don't know what children were listening to in 2012. <laughs> uh, that was almost 10 years ago. I am deeply old. I have no excuse for myself. I know, and I was like, oh, I I worked at an elementary school in 2012. I guess I didn't really know how teens. <laughs> Um, did you also spend the first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie thinking the lead was played by Amber Tamblyn? Oh, I did not. But that makes complete sense. I very strongly did. It was like, oh, this. Yeah, she does look like Amber Tamblyn. Doesn't she? Yeah. Also, can we talk about how every time I remember that Amber Tamblyn is married to David Cross, I go I get a little sad I know every time I'm just like huh it's not great yep um what else would we like to talk about (laughs) um it's I mean it is it is a very typical Disney Channel original movie we have a cute main character who is kind of an oddball who has a very niche interest um, and through that interest is able to gain acceptance of themselves and then also with other people Um, this one suffered a little bit by not having the main character turn weirdly into a mermaid as soon as he you know hit puberty but we don't (laughs) I understand that not everybody has the same fondness for the 13th year as I do. Oh, I have a lot of fondness for 13th year. And <laughs> I will tell you, I did just do a little re- I did before we start recording, I did a little research and Martha. I learned the mind-blowing information tonight that Halloween Town matter. was not the first Disney Channel original movie. Oh, I know. I would have like bet money that Halloween Town was the first Disney oh. Channel original movie. But it turns out it is one I don't remember called Under Wraps. I don't know that I know that one. Yeah, I don't know that I remember that either. But I certainly remember Halloween Town premiering on the TV, uh, closely followed by the very important Xenon Girl of the 21st century. See, that is the one that I would have bet was the um, the first one. And they were very close. Like, these were all very close together. And the 13th year was also right in that first kind of wave. Oh, I also remember the one with the house. Oh, yes. Smart house. Smart house. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was very afraid of smart house. Who are you? I think just the end scene where she, like, fully takes over the house and, like, makes things go flying around. I remember mm. just being like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, that whole deal was, I mean, having a house, I feel like Disney made Smart House and then a bunch of other people made, like, the Smart House technology is going to take over and, like, made the, the Smart House as a horror movie kind of deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also remember they had one that had to do with bowling. 
And I remember being like, why are they trying to make bowling cool? <laughs> As someone who had to every year have to do a bowling unit where I got schlepped over to the town bowling alley. Emerged. I only did that once. The thing is that I don't like bowling. Exactly. <laughs> and I think even as a child, I like did not like bowling. And so I remember watching that one and being like, is bowling actually that cool, though? I don't think it is. But there was a girl in my grade who got a bowling scholarship to college, and I thought that was very cool. I did not know that was, like, a thing. It was. It was. I mean, I believe you. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, unless I had randomly have someone in my high school class who got a bowling scholarship, like... It's not something that would be obvious. Um, I will say, sorry for getting back from our tangent, our very That's important, right. tan a very important tangent about Disney Channel original movies, which were a very important part of my childhood media consumption. Oh, yes, deeply. Um, getting back to this Disney Channel original movie, I did think it was funny that they had a morp. Um. Because that was definitely something we had at my high school. Oh, uh, yeah. We did, too. Yeah. And it was, like, all the, like, kind of artsy kids would go. Yeah. Uh. We had them, like, once a month, I think. Oh. And they were basically just, like, informal dances. Oh, fun. Like, I don't remember if they cost. An, it probably cost, like, $5, like, 5 or $10 to get in. Um. I didn't go to very many just because my friends didn't go to very many. Um, but yeah, I, I heard that and I was like, Oh yeah, we used to do that all the time. Oh yeah. I think we, and I actually don't know that I ever ended up going to any more, but I think they just had the one a year and it might, they might've even thrown it on prom night to be like an alternative. Nice party if I'm remembering correctly mm -hmm. but I do have to hand it to my high school they had a pretty cool after prom party so I was always like yeah I want to go where I can be in a bouncy castle and get cotton candy <laughs> sorry cooler artier kids I was not very really cool as a teen <laughs> I was going to say we just did our like my friends we did our own after parties Oh. I, I truly, I truly could not tell you if my, um, if my high school hosted an after party. I, I do not know. Yeah. Ours was pretty cool. And cause my prom was in a hockey rink. Surprising no one. <laughs> you are such a Minnesotan. <laughs> yep. So because there were two hockey rinks, the prom was in half of one that they would decorate up. And the after party took over the whole other hockey rink. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to picture a hockey rink's full of, like, bouncy castles, cotton candy machine. They set up, like, a beach volleyball thing. They brought in a ton of sand. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds like it would have ruled. <laughs> yeah, they had a bunch of, like, carnival games. And they, like, locked you in. So, like, when you committed to going, you had to stay until, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. That sucks. 
I guarantee by like one, I would have been like, I'm done. I want to go home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if, yeah, they just didn't have like the staffing to like monitor people coming and going. I, I think the intention, I think they purposely tried to make it really cool to like cut down on drunk driving. Oh, I'm sure that as far as I can tell, that is why high schools host after parties right. so that they can give people like a like a fun alternative um, to getting wasted and um, yeah, killing themselves from driving. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, but, yeah, I think part of the components in one way they thought they would counteract that was, like, it was, like, a walk-in. Like, there was lots of cool stuff to do, but, like, you had to stay the whole time. Yeah, that is, that is one of those things that, until I heard real-life people talk about them, I thought only existed in, like, teen movies and teen books. <laughs> But I am also willing to bet that that is simply because I did not pay very close attention to what my high school was doing or not doing. <laughs> Which makes sense. Like, well, and it's funny because I feel like everyone's high school, like, in some ways fits those, like, teen movie type stereotypes and in some ways don't. So, like, it's mm -hmm. always funny to hear, like what little thing you know people had or didn't have mm -hmm. um oh one Wait. thing oh sorry go ahead I, no please the one thing we did not talk about was how fun uh Tara's friend Audrey was um and her like traumatic like actor kid I was like oh I knew that I knew that person in high school traumatic actor kid or dramatic actor kid I watched this movie three days ago and I have no <laughs> idea who you're talking about Audrey I remember Audrey I can I can sum up an image in my head Yep. But yeah, she's like super into acting and like. Audrey is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought we were thinking of two different people. Oh. I'm. Yeah. You said dramatic actor friend. And I thought that was a different person from <laughs> Audrey. Because, like, every team movie has some combination of friend group and who knows who is who. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, like I said, the names of children that I remember in this movie are limited to <laughs> Tara, Audrey, and Stacy. What was the name of her, of her boy crush? Could not tell you. <laughs> Understandable. Also could not tell you the name of his band. Oh, it was the G's. That one I remember just because, woof, that's a lot. The G's? Like, yup. Yeah. Yep. That, okay. Yup. Do better. Do better, children. Seriously. I was like, 
I know. I was trying to think of like any high school band name that I could remember. We had. But I, I remember any. I was friends with one kid who was in a band. I believe their band's name was Deficit. Oh. As in like attention deficit. Um, yeah, the, there was a church in my neighborhood that would let teen bands play concerts in the basement. So I went to, I went to one of their concerts. Also super not my scene as a teenager, but (laughs) you know, every once in a while you do something because you have a friend that you're supporting. (laughs) Especially as a teen or young adult. Um, I deeply enjoyed the, um, oh, the, the radio host. Yes. The the lady. Yes. I liked her very much. Me too. Um, I am curious about whether that is... The way that um, any radio recording closet actually looks. Yes. There were a lot of very bright colors. That seemed, um, that seemed like, what am I trying to say? That, that seemed very much like a Disney interpretation of what uh, a recording booth looked like. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm like... Do they actually... I feel like, one, they're not as big. Because, um, like, you don't want a ton of space, right? No, because the more... I feel like the more space you have, the more echoey things get. Exactly. I feel like, two, you don't have, like, all that furniture. Like, like it almost looks like, like kitchen furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like usually a recording studio room, at least, so I sometimes in high school would, like, record stuff with the people at our community radio station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just the actual recording part, like, the studio had a bunch of, like, spaces for, like, people's desks and a little kitchenette and stuff and, like, a meeting room, but, like, the actual just recording studio was, like, a small box room with, like, a wraparound desk for the person with their computer on it. And then there was a chair across the other side of the desk for the person they were interviewing. Mm-hmm. And it, that was it. And you'd, like, seal it shut. Yeah, there also was none of that, like, weird acoustic stuff on the walls. Right. To dampen the sound. I don't know. But then also part of me is like, well, who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looked okay. It was fine. Yeah. I don't know. This one felt like I, I, I felt like I knew exactly what it was going to be in about 12 minutes in and it never deviated from that. And by the end I was like, I will forget about this movie in an hour. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, yeah, this is like a quintessential Disney Channel original movie. There's like 
a little bit of a love interest, a little bit of a, like, be yourself type story. Not enough zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I did feel like it was missing a sense of whimsy. Yeah. Like, I I wanted... I almost wanted it to be more fun. Like, like Stacy was... Stacy was fine. She was kind of a nothing... Like, again, she was somebody that I knew exactly what I was getting as soon as she walked on screen. Um... And I kind of felt that way about everyone. Yeah. Like, I knew exactly what I was getting from every moment of the movie. And maybe that's not terrible, but as somebody who did grow up on this stuff, I I like it when the Disney Channel stuff gets more... gets weirder, like, gets more experimental, gets a little bit more fantastical. Um, like, I loved the 13th year. I loved The Luck of the Irish. Like, I love the stuff that gets kind of bizarre. And this one was just very typical yeah yeah I thought the actors were fine again I thought they were all playing exactly who I expected them to be playing yeah I don't think there is any yeah there's no reason that this like sticks out no um, all that said, would you recommend that people watch this one? I don't know if you're like babysitting somebody. <laughs> if you're babysitting a tween, sure. I will say, I think we've watched many a worse movie. Oh, for sure. I just almost prefer the ones that are worse because I feel like this one, there's nothing really. Like, there's just, there's not a whole lot to talk about for this one and at least for the ones that are worse there are things to say that's fair this is definitely an ambient movie and by that I mean I feel like I read some article that was like ah yes Netflix is turning you know Netflix has a whole genre called ambient TV The idea being like there's a variety of programming now where the idea is that you stick it on while you're doing your laundry or cleaning the room. You know, something you really don't have to pay attention to. I think that's what this is. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. And I guess part of me is because I think I... I think it could have been better, but it can all, I feel like it also, it can always be better. Um, Well, well, what would you recommend that people enjoy if they're not watching this? Yeah. Well, what this made me think of, um, because of the whole, mistaken identity hiding you know going to great lengths to like hide the fact that you are you know have an audience um it made me think of this novella uh by joanna shoop um called christmas in central park um, okay 
which takes place in Gilded Age, New York. So, like, 1900s. It's about a woman named Rose who uh, pretends to be a wealthy housewife and who runs a newspaper advice column under that (laughs) pretense. Fun. Using her mother's, like, tips and tricks while she is actually, like, very poor and lives in a boarding house. Um, and the paper's owner, the paper gets bought out, uh, by a man named Duke, and the paper, and he insists that she hosts a Christmas party, and so she has to find an empty mansion, and someone to pretend to be her husband, and someone to cook. (laughs) Anyway, so just the, like, going to great lengths to, to conceal identity, um, as a person i don't know i guess uh a newspaper column would be the 1900s equivalent of a popular radio show or podcast so um so yeah christmas in central park by joanna shoe it's part of a novella series that i like a lot or a novella anthology excuse me that i like a lot called how the dukes stole christmas excellent Um, so yeah that's what i would recommend instead martha how about you uh, I am going to recommend another movie about uh, pirate radio, uh, and this is, what year is it from? Come on. 2009, uh, Pirate Radio, oh. <laughs> also called, it was released in the UK under the title The Boat That Rocked. Uh, it is about a true story of a band of rogue DJs in Britain who um, escape to international waters to broadcast their uh, their pirate radio station during a time when the government in the uh, 60s in Britain was only playing classical music on the radio. So this stars Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Bill Nye, Nick Frost, uh, Charlie Rowe, Lisa, ha- Lisa Fleming... Uh, Ian Mercer, Will Adams. It is just a delightful little British movie, uh, directed, written and directed by Richard Curtis. Oh. That is all about freedom of expression and music in the sixties. Uh, it's very, very fun. I love that movie. Yes. Uh, so, Marin, what are we watching next time? Uh, so next time. Oh, God, did I already forget? Ah, what did we decide? Oh, Afterlife of the Party. I wrote it oh, down. Oh, yeah. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Next time we are going to discuss uh, the new Netflix film, Afterlife of the Party. Um, it is a 2021 film. Um, is this a Victoria Justice deal? I... There's some... Yes. It yes, stars I was going to say there's Justice. definitely definitely some some pop star in there that I that I remembered. Yes, it stars Victoria Justice and Midori Francis. Excellent. Uh, and until then, uh, if you are looking for more of that good good content, you should listen to the other show that drops on this feed on alternating Wednesdays called Did You Do Your Homework that I host with Marin's husband Pete. 
our last episode was about cults was our cult episode (laughs) and our next episode is going to be a crossover with our good friends over the podcast catching up david where we talk about 90s video game adaptation 90s video game movie adaptations so that will be very very fun um you can follow all of our social media on our shared feeds at DYDYH Homework, DYDYH Podcast is the correct words for those. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Magical Martha, well, at all social media, really. Uh, lately, I've been tweeting about all of the horror movies that I'm watching this month. I'm trying to watch a scary movie every day for the month of October. I am already one and a half behind, but that's okay because I have the day off tomorrow and I intend to fit about three in there around episodes of Squid Game, which I am not tweeting about, but I will when I'm done watching it. I have watched the first episode and I don't know how to feel yet. (laughs) I would not have pegged it as a you piece of media. I will say I can't stop. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, well, this is one of those. It might be a, like, I might drop off, depending on on how how things go. But yeah, I did. I was intrigued by the first episode. I think if you can get through the first episode, like I'm on episode, I'm through episode five, and it's all the same kind of. It 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 never gets more brutal. Oh, okay. like it never okay. gets more violent okay. than the first episode. It's just all very anxiety-inducing. Yes. Yeah, I was very tense. Pete, by the way, fell asleep next to me <gasps> on the couch. How dare he? <laughs> he was asleep, and I was like, <gasps> I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> um, uh, Marn, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, folks can find me on Twitter uh, under A underscore star underscore dance tour. I pretty much just tweet about romance novels these days. So feel free to give me a follow. Oh, honestly, a worthy thing to be to be tweeting about. Thank you. That is going to do it for us today. Uh, we hope that you will join us next time. And until then, yeah, just remember that we love you. Uh, yeah, I, I just did not have a whole lot to say about that one. I, right, what is there to say? It's a meh, it's a meh of a movie. I always want it to be better, but you know. But you know, not everyone can be Halloween Town. Or is <laughs> I don't love Halloween Town. What? I'm sorry. No! Why I know. not? It's just because I want scary things to be scary. It's also why I don't love Hocus Pocus. I want... Oh, yeah, I forgot we did get into it about Hocus Pocus. Like, even even horror comedy stuff, I still want to be scary. I don't know. I don't love kitschy... I don't know. It was, like, too silly for me. Okay. And the, costume, and the costumes are bad. The costuming is not oh. good. See, I think her dress is really fun, but 
I just wanted it to be higher quality, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I'm being too critical. (laughs) 